0: Hello, and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. On this podcast, we talk to marketers about how they help their brands get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. I'm your host, Carrie Gard, and this week I had the opportunity to interview Margie Felden. Margie is the co-owner of Interview Connections, the first and only podcast booking agency with over 5 years of experience. They offer services for both entrepreneurs looking to get booked as a guest on other shows and podcast hosts who need guests. Full disclosure, I'm a client of Interview Connections. I've had the pleasure of being a guest on other people's podcasts thanks to them and it's been so much fun. But I didn't ask Margie to join because they are a client. I asked Margie to join because we have been making recommendations around uh, podcasts for our clients because it's just a really great way from the SEO perspective in building links, uh, whether that's outbound in holding your own show and having people on or being a guest and linking back to your site and getting the word out there of what your brand is doing. And I thought no better way than to give a really great resource because we're all strapped for resources at the end of the day. Podcast sounds great, Carrie, but where am I going to get the time and the people and the energy to make this happen? Well, let me tell you interview connections, Uh, or at least they do a really great job of having these really great masterclasses, as well as even on the show, we walk through how to be a guest. And so whether you work through interview connections or you figure it out on your own, having a framework to start with is always a great first step. So Margie and I break it down for you. We're going to talk about Margie's story, which is a lovely one. Such a great story about how she got reconnected with the other co-founder of Interview Connections and how they were able to help grow the company. And then we get into it. We get into how to be a guest on a podcast and what it takes and how to, what, as they like to say, monetize the mic. They've had great case studies of people actually building revenue pipeline, create from being podcast guests, amazing stories, including Margie's let's take a listen. Margie, thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. I'm so excited to have you. And I, I said this to you earlier, I'm going to say it again so our, our listeners can hear, but I'm, I'm fangirling a little bit because I've seen so much of you. Um, in full disclosure, listeners, I am, I am a client of Interview Connections, which is Margie's company. And, uh, and I've just seen so much of you over the past few months between all of the content you've been publishing and just being part of your your sort of inner circle. So I'm so excited to have you. Why don't you kick off for our listeners and tell us what you do and how you got there? Yeah. So,
1: Carrie, first of all, thank you so much for saying that. that it's so funny to hear because when you're making content all the time, like sometimes you're just like, is anybody watching this? Or, you know, with <laughs> podcast interviews, like is anyone listening? So like that means so much to me. Thank you so much. And especially you're so cool. So coming from you, that really is an honor. So thank you. Yeah. Um, So how did I get started in this? I have sort of a weird entrepreneurial journey because I am not a founder. So I met Jess, my business partner who founded the business, when we were both fresh out of college working at a nonprofit, and we were doing door-to-door fundraising. And I was doing that because I couldn't get a job. I had double majored in Latin and art and (laughs) there was not really a job market for that. So I got a job off Craigslist that you know, was easy to get because people don't want to do it. And that's how we connected. And that's where I built a lot of my entrepreneurial and sales skills. And then we lost touch for a while. And then my dad died really suddenly by suicide. And it was like awful. We were super close. I'm an only child and I'm like very tight with my parents. And I was living in Asia at the time and I needed people to come take pets because my mom was going to stay with her friend but my parents had all these pets, a lot of whom like I <laughs> took home and was like, we have to keep them. <laughs> so in particular, he had this cat named Kitten. And I posted online from Taiwan and was like, can somebody come pick up some of these pets and just take care of them at your house until I can get home from Asia? And Jess was one of the people who replied and was like, I'll come get a cat. So she picked up Kitten. And that's how we went from being really just kind of coworkers who we didn't know each other that well. We didn't work together for that long in the same office to really like having a bond like that. Really, that was the first thing that went right for me. After my dad died, everything was going wrong. Everything was falling apart. And Kitten being in like a loving home and not having to worry about her was like the first win I had. And so it really bonded us. And a few years later, when I decided I wanted to work from home, like truly because I didn't want to leave the house and I wanted to wear sweatpants all day, um, I saw Jess was hiring for remote contractors to book people on podcasts. And I was like, that sounds fun. And that's really how, like, me and Interview Connection started in 2016. Wow, that wasn't that long ago. No, it's crazy. Like... I was a contractor in 2016, and then I ended up moving back to Rhode Island. I had been in Colorado, so I became the first employee in 2017. So we started an office with in-house Rhode Island employees. And then the beginning of 2018, I w- became 50% co-owner. So it was a very fast ride. Very
0: fast. And you guys are, are taking off. I mean, I went from not hearing about you at all and to, and and then joining and then there's this whole facebook group and there's um this whole you know masterclass email system you got going on there's you're you're clearly very busy and so i am i'm honored to have a a bit of your time for this and so i really want to get into this idea of of podcasting and the thing that drew me in was that i always thought of podcasting as this great awareness tool i mean i built a podcast myself right because i was like oh everybody's doing podcasting and i'd really like just to like meet more people i'm having these really fun conversations that i'd like to more people to sort of be able to listen in on and uh and i've really been treating it as that as just an opportunity to bring more tools more capability more stuff to my clients and helping them just be able to do more themselves Um, but what was interesting to me about interview connections and why i got on board was you were telling a completely different story. You're like, no, 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 this is a revenue driver. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what do you mean this is a revenue driver? So I am not yet a case study because I only have, I just kicked it off with you guys about a month and a half, two months ago. And um, I just did three or four interviews uh, waiting for those to launch in 2021 and, and see things come in. But can you, do you have any stories about This, you know, the success of what podcasting really can do when you are, I wanna be clear, it's not about creating a podcast, it's about going to be a guest on someone else's podcast.
1: Yes, so, and I like that you say I'm not a case study yet because I've only been on a few shows they haven't gone live yet. That's a really important expectation to have in place that it takes time to build up the momentum. It's not like you go on a few shows And like suddenly you have this huge flood of leads and clients, you build it up and it takes time because even going on four shows per month, every single month, in the beginning, you're still waiting for a lot of shows to go live. But then as you get more months and years in, it's like you have things that are going live constantly. You have new opportunities coming in because of the interview you did constantly. So it really starts to snowball and so does the revenue from it. So There's a bunch of different ways to monetize your interview and it is a visibility strategy too. You know, it builds credibility, it builds brand awareness, but we're very focused on monetizing as well and really turning it into specifically clients for your business and monetizing interviews that way. So there's really, there's the host and then there's the audience. So you can kind of break down the monetization by those two things. A lot of our clients will be a guest on a show. And because podcasts are hosted by entrepreneurs like you, they end up connecting with really cool, like-minded entrepreneurs. And then a lot of those hosts will become their client or they'll start referring clients to them. Um, We have a lot of clients who will have JV partnerships with hosts, affiliate partnerships. So that host relationship can be really valuable. Um, Our clients, Jack and Michelle Bosch, they have um, a real estate education business and they have a course. And what they do with hosts is they ask every host to be an affiliate. And not every host is going to say yes. Like sometimes they just do the interview and the host's like, no, that's not a good fit. But enough do say yes that they've generated hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue in one year, just from these affiliate relationships with the hosts who are interviewing them. So that's like what's possible with the host piece in addition to obviously the host becoming your client which depending on your price point could be a pretty good roi and then you also have the audience so you're generating leads and we use facebook ads i mean we use a lot of marketing like you said we're on video we're in email like we're everywhere so we're not saying podcast interviews and nothing else but the conversion of the leads that hear you on a podcast, because it's a deep dive into who you are and your story. It's not just an infomercial or a little blurb about what you do. It's it's really who you are. And when people hear your voice too, the trust is just so high that if someone hears you, hears who you are and your story and what you do, and wants to reach out to you, those leads convert higher and they're better clients than some of the leads that might come from, you know, a Facebook ad, even though we love ads as well. And we, do, we do run them.
0: Yeah. It's interesting though, because the difference between a Facebook ad and a podcast as to what you're saying is the, the ad is the awareness piece. It's I've never heard of you before. Thanks for getting out in front of me. And now I'm going to come visit your website and I'll check it out, but I'm not in any way, shape or form ready to convert where, you know, as somebody listening to your voice and to your, and to your point, Margie, I love what you're saying. I, I want to just put a word on it to really bring it to life of humanizing it. Like you're able to feel like you're connecting to this human behind the business. And it's not about them wanting to join that business because you love what they're doing. That's definitely part of it. But it's like, I want to just go work with that person. I mean, that's the feeling I sort of get from what you're saying is is that connection piece of human to human.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And people are so hungry for that, especially this year. But just in general, I mean, like people are so disconnected. It's such a stereotype to say it. But I mean, everybody is just like on their phones. They have a really short attention span. People are more disconnected. So it's so refreshing to hear a podcast and really feel like you're sort of eavesdropping on an intimate conversation and i I mean, I think all of us who listen to shows regularly feel like the host is our friend, you know, even if they don't know us, and that's so powerful
0: It's true, especially the podcasts that you listen to, like where you almost binge or really consume full seasons. I think uh, you do you do sort of build that connection um one I listen to is Brene Brown, and I feel like. On some weird level, like i I know her a bit more, which is so weird to say because she's huge, but like it it does create that sort of intimacy, and it does feel one on one it's it is this strange dichotomy. Um, this sounds awesome and but also really can feel very daunting like okay i how do I even begin to go get on podcasts like do i and how do I find the right audience? Do I just show up one day and say hey, Mr. Podcaster who has people that I think is the right audience, like, I want to be on your show. (laughs) How how do you get from, okay, I'm I'm on board to like, all right, let's go.
1: That's a good question. So I think a lot of people don't start because it feels too overwhelming. Um, They're like, I don't know what equipment to use. I don't know what to have in place. So first equipment, just It's just a mic and headphones. It can be like we have, you know, we like the ATR 2100 for people, but really any mic and headphones like is going to be enough to have good sound quality. So don't overthink that. And then really getting like clarity on who is your target audience? Like who are you getting on podcasts to speak directly to and what are your goals? So don't just do it because someone told you that you should do it. You should be bought in because it takes some consistency and when you're clear on okay these are my goals I want you know more clients or I want affiliate partnerships or I want JV partnerships that will inform your strategy you know are you going to be asking hosts to be affiliates are you going to be seeing how you can partner with them or if it's like more leads gen to your website what is your call to action that you're using on shows to send people there so It feels like a lot at first. The biggest thing is to get started. We make our clients a one sheet, but you could also make one for yourself that just has their headshot, bio, topics, and suggested questions. And thinking out the suggested topics and questions is very helpful to to really think about what you wanna talk about, what stories you wanna tell. And when you get that out of your brain onto a sheet, it will give you more clarity. And then vetting shows and pitching them. So there's a lot of shows. When we look at a show, we want to see that it's more than 20 episodes. So they're probably not going to fade out. Um, The good sound quality. And then the most important thing is looking at the show description, listening to an episode. And it's really important that either the host is a great fit for a referral partner or an ideal client, if that's your goal or that the audience is a perfect fit and you want to make sure that it's a show where you can add value because you don't want to just be looking at what can I get? You want to be thinking what's a win-win? Like where's my audience, but also an audience that I have value to offer that the host is going to be appreciative that I'm sharing with them. I
0: think that's so important. I want to I want to come back to value, but I want to back up to audience and messaging real quick because I think my business partner and I took a unique approach to interview connections that's helpful in telling your story because it's your story and how you fit into the company. So, if you're a CMO or you're or you're the owner, those are two completely different stories. Even my business partner and I who you know, started this company at the same time for the same reasons, it's still completely two different trajectories that we took. And so when we came to Interview Connections, um, uh, initially you guys pitched me a ton of episodes in one go, like every week straight through for like 48 weeks or something crazy. And I was like, so I'm a mom and I'm running a business and uh, I'm in the UK. So this seems really daunting. And I was like, can I split it with my business partner? Thank goodness you guys said yes. And what's really cool about that is that my business partner can tell our story from a very bottom line standpoint. Here's who we are. Here's what we do. Here's why we can help you. And using these channels to go do it. He's amazing at that. He's our sales, He started out as our sales guy. Of course he can do that. I'm mm-hmm. on the internal like people side of it. And so I tell our story from a culture standpoint and how we take care of our employees, which then how that impacts clients and how you too can like change the way your culture is in a more empowering way towards your people. And so by doing this, we're on completely different shows. We're telling the similar story, but from two different angles that are going to connect with people differently. And it's just been so empowering to actually decide like, well, what's my story versus what Mike's story is. I think it's really important for you to decide what your story is and how you want to tell that.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I love, it's so smart to have both of you getting out there. Like Jess and I do the same thing. We're business partners and we go on different shows. Like I go on a lot of like personal development heavy shows because so much of my entrepreneurial journey has been through just like things going horribly wrong and overcoming it. And then Jess goes on a lot of mom shows because she has kids. So she has that story of like, founding a new business with a new baby. And like, you know, interview connections is the same age as her son, Nathan, because they really were started at the same time. So that brings in very different leads and clients than maybe my interviews bring in, but they're both fully in alignment with both of us and with the company. So it's really valuable to have more than one person getting out there because you can get more exposure and you're going to resonate with different people. So I love that you're doing that.
0: So let's talk about value because I think what, you know, once you said it, like once you define your message, you've got to, you got to come in with that goal and with that, you know, and that value you're sort of giving. And so for podcasting, that feels really tricky because for ads, you have an ad and you drive to a landing page and you give them something for free. Like podcasting is a very different KPI or a very different give, you know, so in your experience, what are some examples of really good gives on a podcast?
1: Yeah, so the biggest thing, I mean if you can put together something that you the audience can get a win just from that free content, it's an easy step that they're like, well, if I got this from just hearing you for free, you know, how incredible would it be if I actually paid you and got all that. So Our client, Kristen Bowen, and I like this story because most of our case studies are service-based businesses, because we have focused on service-based businesses for a long time, really because it's so easy. If you're a service-based business, you can work with people virtually, especially if you have a reasonably high price point. The ROI is just crazy from podcasts because you're going to get a lot of clients from hosts and from audience members, so it's easy. With products, sometimes if they're not super high price, since we're not targeting gigantic audiences with this strategy, we felt like, you know, it, it has to be the right product entrepreneur. But Kristen Bowen is a product entrepreneur. She has magnesium products that are incredible. And she has seen a huge ROI And the reason she has, this gave me chills. I actually just found this out a few days ago because we saw her results and we're like, wow, like we got to get a case study of what exactly she's doing so that other product-based entrepreneurs can follow it. And she said, every time I go on a podcast, I treat it as if the host paid me $10,000 to be there. And I was like, that's it. That's why she's seeing an ROI in a business that we would have said maybe wouldn't be the most successful. So I, that's the value piece. That's the way you should be thinking about it. And if you're consistent and you think about it that way, it will be incredible. The results.
0: Let's pull that apart a little bit because it is, if you feel like you are being paid to go do this thing on a regular basis, that's not just showing up. And, you know, if you do get the interview, you can't just show up and say, start telling your story. they there's legwork. Can you walk us through what, like what effort somebody would put into feeling like they, this was worth $10,000 to show up on the show?
1: Yes. So what we talked about before with really clarity on your suggested topics and questions and having stories in mind for each one. So if there are stories, you know, you're always going to have to tell like, you know, some client success stories, your origins of your business and entrepreneurial journey work on those stories, practice telling them because it's very valuable if you can give story answers, if hosts don't feel like they're pulling teeth to, you know, get you to kind of come out of your shell. So being authentic like that, telling stories, providing value. So it's really important that you don't go into it like, well, you know, I'm not going to share how you do this because you have to buy my book to learn that, but if you really give value freely and don't have a lack mentality about it, that's that's really what hosts are going to appreciate and then audiences as well and that is what converts.
0: And there's there's front end leg work too, right? Like I I'm going to let you tell it because I don't have the paperwork in front of me, but there's certain steps that you want to take before you go on any show to make sure that you're in tune with the host. Cause a lot of times you don't get the opportunity to meet with them ahead of time. You just show up and they start asking questions. So what should you do beforehand?
1: Yeah. So first of all, listen to at least one episode Um, When my amazing executive assistant schedules my podcast, she always schedules time before each episode to prep. That's how I like to do it. So it's really fresh in my mind. But really, whatever works for you, if you want just like a reoccurring block on your calendar. But you have to listen to at least one episode because then you'll really get to know the host. You'll get to know their energy and their cadence and how they like to structure the show. So that's important. And then all those little communications, whether it's with you or someone from your team, because like I said, Ava schedules my interview. So most of the conversation with hosts before I'm actually on the interview is with Ava. But whoever they're talking to, whether it's you or someone from your team, every single correspondence is representing you. So super grateful, super friendly in a genuine way is very important because you're building rapport from the second that you get that connection until you get on. The other thing with rapport building, if you don't have a pre-call is use that time, that green room chat, as Jess calls it, before you go live to just like check in and talk to the host. And some hosts will be like, all right, we got to go. Like you can't always talk for so long, but that is a really important time to build rapport. And because you've listened to an episode and researched their website, you need to do that research. And you can come to Green Room Chat having checked them out with some questions or some genuine compliments about, you know, what you saw when you researched them. And that will help you when you're live to have real rapport with the host and we talked about, you know, how high trust it is. The, the audience of the show loves that host. They feel like that host is their friend, even if they don't know them. So that host having clear rapport and trust with you is going to convert their audience. So you really want to be, you know, mindful about that and intentional.
0: That's so interesting you say that because I felt like when we, before we got into our interview today, I almost felt like the tables were turned and, uh, I was in the hot seat for those first few minutes, so now I know why, um, and it, and I totally agree. I've only, like I said, I've only done a handful of these, um, but I know from hosting, it's really important to take that time to sort of wor- warm up that relationship and, you know, finding topics to talk about that aren't even really, you know, center to, what do what we, we talked about where we're from. Um, and uh, what we have going on just in our lives. And, and it was just really cool mm-hmm. to sort of like, again, humanize the situation beyond, you know, getting into it and immediately starting asking questions. I've done that and it is like so jarring and it is, does not feel fluid. And And my answers were like not I felt like I rambled, like I'm doing right now. I felt like I rambled a bit rather than being thoughtful because there just wasn't a warm up period. So I love that. Thank you so much, Margie, for really digging in of like, because I think that's important. It's important to create that relationship so much more than just wanting to create that conversion. It's, it's for a whole host of reasons.
1: Yeah, it's. There's no conversion strategy in the actual doing. It's like, you know, these things to do, but it's they're not things that it's like, you have dollar signs in your eyes. It's like, you, you have to genuinely want to give value and want to connect with other people. Because people know if you're, you know, just trying to get to a, you know, an end in mind, or you're trying to get something from them. So I wouldn't recommend this strategy for people who don't like genuinely connecting with other people, because if that's forced for you, it might not, it might not be the right fit. But it should be genuine connection. And you're not connecting with these hosts to get referrals from them. Of course, that's like the strategy. But once you're actually with them, it's totally natural. You're just like BFFs. You're sending people their way who might be a fit. They start sending people your way. And it's not contrived. It's just a very natural thing because business is so much just built on your relationships. And this just allows you to do that at volume and virtually.
0: It's so true. And and I think everything that we're saying, Margie, in, in sort of just quickly wrapping this up is it really comes back to making friends. Like that's really what yeah. this is all about and and creating those human connections. I just watched um I'm a huge fan of Masterclass and Dan have you heard of Dan Pink? No. Okay. So he's he's all about sales and persuasion, but he's right in the fact that the world has shifted and now that consumers have so much more information, you know, when you say sales, you immediately think of the sleazy sales guy in the checkered suit, mm-hmm. you know, on a car lot, you can't help it. But, you know, times in the last 10 years have changed where consumers have so much more power and they know so much more and if you the minute you try and you know, show up like you're trying to sell something, you've lost that person. So if you do go into this, I totally agree, Margie, it's gotta be authentic and real and just you wanting to make friends oh, and yeah. if business happens along the way, like added bonus and uh, and the way to get the business on the back end, just to just to summarize here is, you know, set clear goals, know your audience, find the podcasts that have those audience and that you feel like you could really connect to the host with. And then go make friends. (laughs) I love that. Go make friends. (laughs) Um, Before I let you go, I have three quick questions I like to ask all my guests.
1: Okay, cool.
0: What currently is your favorite pastime and why?
1: I've gotten really into training our dog, um, like clicker training him because I mean, it helps that we're in quarantine, but he's five and a half pounds and he's nine years old. I taught him pretty recently. And it's just so funny to see a dog that small, like do tricks and stuff. So that I'm really enjoying that. And he's really, really smart. So it's, it's been good for him to get more like mental stimulation.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Um, if you were to walk into an office, I know you've closed your office down, but if you were to have all your people back in your office and, and you'd be walking around, uh, checking people out and saying hi or whatever, what music would you want to be hearing on the stereo?
1: I really like oldies. So I would say something like upbeat, like maybe uh, Paul Simon, Graceland. I feel like that's like a nice pump up music. <laughs> I'm, I'm Jess is cooler than me. She likes like new modern music.
0: <laughs> I know. I love this. So I have an MKG podcast list of mm-hmm. songs. Um, we have a playlist on Spotify that we can go check out. And so I always add the music cool. from from my guests because it's just such that is so cool. eclectic. eclectic uh, it's great. I love it. Um, last question for you, especially right now, given the constraint of travel, if you could be anywhere in the world, where would you be?
1: I honestly think I would be where I am. It's I'm like travel crazy. I lived in Asia for two years. I backpacked around Europe. Like I would just take advantage of any opportunity to travel for work or otherwise. Like I would go to every conference. And this year being forced not to travel, I've really realized that I don't want to travel as much anymore. <laughs>
0: that is totally fair. I, uh, yeah, I, my mom travels a lot for her job and she's like, actually,
1: yeah, like great. this is nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, Margie, thank you so much for joining me. It's been, it's just been awesome. I hope. We thank stay you so much for having me. Definitely. So that was my conversation with Margie. Are you inspired? Are you ready to go? If you yourself would like to be on podcasts as a guest and you want to give it a whirl, come join me, come apply. Simply go to mkgmarketinginc.com and check out the the under resources, um, how to be a guest. And I would so love to have you on. the The full link is in the show notes. Be sure to check it out. Be sure to apply. I'd love to have you. If you would like to figure out how to get podcasts to work for your brand's website and for your brand's brand, then you might want somebody different to be the guest, which is totally makes a ton of sense. So be sure to reach out to Margie and her team not just because you wanna work with Interview Connections right this second, but because they just have so much knowledge on how to get started with this. They have masterclasses on their Facebook group. There's a ton of content on LinkedIn. Their website is chock full of information, like head on over to interviewconnections.com and just start making your way around. Podcasting is a really amazing way to build that SEO, to build that brand equity, to get your name and your voice out there from an awareness perspective. And it's so cost-effective, so cost-effective. Check it out. Check it out. And if you'd like to be on my podcast, as I said, just, uh, you know, head over to mkgmarketing.com and apply. Thank you for listening to the Tech Marketing Leaders Podcast, the podcast that helps you get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. I'm your host, Carrie Gard, and until next time. This episode was brought to you by MKG Marketing, our digital marketing agency of agile experts who specialize in SEO, PPC, and analytics. It's hosted by me, Carrie Garzio, and co-founder of MKG. Music mix and mastering is done by Austin Ellis. And if you'd like to be a guest, please visit mpgmarketinginc.com to apply.